Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. It's just going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, week nine. Let's rock and roll. DeAndre Hopkins has a toe injury, but is expected to play tonight. That's good news. As we are ready for the start of week nine, and we are previewing eight games, eight AFC home games. What's on the slate today, folks? Well, it's going to be Miami at Kansas City, in Frankfurt, Buffalo at Cincinnati, Arizona at Cleveland, Seattle at Baltimore, Tampa Bay at Houston, Washington at New England, and the Chargers are at the Jets. Today's episode is presented by Salesforce. Adam Azer here with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. It's starter sit for eight games. And uh, Heath, I, I forgot. Please remind me because I forgot to give you a Halloween tip for next year. I was going to do it yesterday. So just okay. remind me. I'm going to put it in the notes again. I forgot, though. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You guys good? You guys ready for week nine? Ready for the game tonight? Yeah. Okay. Can't wait. All Never right. more excited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jamie, who's the start of the week? The start of the week is Derek Carr. A uh, little nervous because it's Derek Carr, but, you know, I like narratives. And I'm sure he's going to want to say, hey, Raiders, look what just happened to you. <laughs> Remember me? Um, <laughs> but really, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, the Bears are bad. They've allowed 23.1 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this season. He's coming off his best game with uh, over 22 fantasy points, his first game over 20 fantasy points. But just three games in a row with at least 300 passing yards. It's four games in a row with over 18 fantasy points. And to be honest, given the landscape of quarterbacks, if he hits 18 fantasy points, he might be a top 10 guy for this week. So um, it's not like he's going to have uh, the the run of success that I had earlier in the season with starts of the week where they were like top five guys across the board. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, Sportsline, obviously, very aggressive on how they feel about uh, Derek Carr. If you're looking at the screen on YouTube, um, they have him sixth. I have him in the top 10. He obviously is not as uh, high on <laughs> Derek Carr as I am, but I do think the matchup sets up well, even with the addition of Montez Sweat. Yeah, so we talked about the elite quarterbacks on yesterday's show, the ones where you feel like, okay, I've got, I've got my guy. And even though we have four teams on a bye, they're all playing this week. So you can start them over Derek Carr, but your rankings, Jamie, it's like you have them, and then I think you have Dak Prescott, and then you have Carr. So he's basically the best of the rest right after Dak, right? Uh, for me, yes. You know, I, again, I, I think you, you've seen what this offense is. You've seen the way he's been playing basically since Alvin Kamara's come back. They've used him more as a weapon in the passing game than they have as a runner. 
Um, you can run on the Bears, you know, so we could see that happen. And Taysom Hill showed last week that he's going to be a big part of this rushing attack as well when he had, you know, nine carries for 63 yards. But it's just, again, the, the way that car is playing, I think he's uh, he's kind of settled into, you know, what his his role is, what his opportunity is. I hope there'll be some connections with uh, with Chris Olave. But I would not be surprised if there's a big play to Rashid Shahid and another touchdown along the way. And then he gets close to 300 yards again. All right, Heath. Who do you love this week? Ooh, who do you love? Um, can I say Zach Moss? Like, I know we're starting Jonathan Taylor, and he's a top five, top ten running back this week. But I fully expect, and it's one of the reasons I think I might be a little bit lower on Gardner Minshew than other people, which is not normally the case. Um, I fully expect that both Colts running backs are going to have a huge amount of success against the Carolina Panthers. I think this one's kind of a sneaky bonanza type game because that's the, what the Colts games have been as of late. They're running a ton of plays and they're allowing the other team, especially in the passing game to pretty much do whatever they want. So I, I, I expect somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 touches for Moss, probably 20 touches for Jonathan Taylor and 12 plus fantasy points for both of them. I can make it the game of the week. Should I make it the game of the week? We don't well, have... I would not like that. I would not love Zach Moss yeah. anymore. <laughs> We don't really have any good games on the schedule this week, unfortunately. There's only like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, not, not so It's much. very, it's like, it's like top heavy of the, the best games. Like, you have three really elite games. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, we got Miami, Kansas City. We got uh, a lot of possibilities for Dave tomorrow anyway. Obviously, uh, the Sunday night game is Buffalo and Cincinnati. And, of course, Dallas is at Philadelphia. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So those are the players we like. Who are the players that we're avoiding this week? Heath, who's in a void for you? Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Um, I can go if you want me to. Derek Carr? Go. <laughs> Jamie, go. Um, I would like to avoid Alexander Madison. Um, you know, you're looking at what he's been with Kirk Cousins, and now Cam Akers starting to get a little bit more momentum. And now you take Cousins off the field, and it could be bad. And they may lean on their ground game more, and, and that certainly would make some sense with Jaron Hall starting. But uh, for this week, I, I would only consider Madison as a flex option, and that's saying a lot with all the teams on a buy and the injuries. So, don't love the setup for him. He's clearly been disappointing. So we'll try to get away from him if he can. Yeah, Heath. Yeah. I, n- no, nothing, I, I thought you were going to respond to that. Oh, no, no, I, 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 agree, I agree with that. Um, I don't, I haven't found a way to get him as low as my rank as I would like, but honestly, there's probably 17 running backs that I'd like to start this week. And so I, I'm moving guys ahead of him that I also don't feel very good about. Like, I don't feel very good about Daryl Henderson. There's, I don't feel very good about Jerome Ford. Um, there's, there's a bunch of guys in that range. I put Madison in that same range. And so I, I think we have another, it's another blob week at running back. Once you get past the top 17 or 18 and where you rank within that 18 to 26 range, doesn't really tell me how much I like them. It's just, that's the order they ended up in. Mm. Yeah, I like really... those guys a lot better than, than Madison. The two you mentioned. Who? Ford? And... Henderson and Ford, yeah. Yeah, well, Ford. If it, you would love Ford if he were coming off a normal game in Week Eight, but three-way split. Um, you know, hopefully that. Goes I think away. though, it's, he's at it's, Arizona. 
the way that I'm approaching it is almost exactly what Kyle Shanahan said about Elijah Mitchell. He came back to practice on Friday. They weren't expecting him. And so he wasn't part of the game plan to the same level that he normally is. Let me ask you about players to avoid potentially. Uh, we've got a lot of backup quarterbacks this week. We think. Um, probably, no, we do. Well, <laughs> I mean, not, we think we do. Uh, well, I'm sorry, because I was going to say we don't know about Matthew Stafford. But we have Aiden O'Connell this week. We probably have Clayton Toon, but we could have Kyler Murray. But that that is scary. So I guess I would say I would I would like to avoid Marquise Brown. I would like to yeah. avoid Jacoby Myers. I am going to start Devonte Adams. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How you to know, feel it's about funny because guys. I agree with that. But when I went and found the guys I want to avoid, it was actually a team with their starting quarterback playing, and I've got, I think, all of the Seahawks wide receivers behind hmm. those guys with the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> um, I'm just terrified of the Seahawks going that Baltimore defense has been like for all the great Baltimore defenses that we've seen over the years, statistically, this looks like one of the best. And now you got Seattle flying across the country for a 1 p.m. game going up against that defense. And Geno Smith hasn't exactly been 2022 Geno Smith this season. So I would like to avoid the Seahawks not named Ken Walker. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, so those are some players to start, players to not necessarily sit, but hopefully have some better options. If you want some gambling advice, if you want some fantasy advice, you got to check out Sportsline. And Sportsline also has a new show. It's called Inside the Lines. Takes you behind the scenes with the brains behind the Sportsline simulation, showing you line movement throughout the week, injuries that will impact matchups, and early value plays using the model's projections. So get ahead of the lines and the public every weekday with data and analysis that you can't find anywhere else at youtube.com slash sportsline. YouTube.com slash Sportsline. That is Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Okay, Heath, listen, this is all you have to do on Halloween. A number of houses did this in the neighborhood that I'm in. You put a table at the front of your driveway with some candy in a bucket and a little sign. Take two, whatever. Put some pumpkins on it, and that's it. And then you can participate in Halloween without participating in Halloween. That's that sounds that sounds really nice. You would not believe I I participated in Halloween this year. Did you? You know, I made the joke about the text that I got from my wife, um, and so I actually sat in my driveway in a in like an outdoor rocking chair uh, next to a table with some candy on it, and then we walked around the neighborhood. It was funny. I think there were more teenagers than there were like little kids, um, and I can't say too much about that because my six foot tall fourteen year old was trick or treating. <laughs> But yeah, there were a lot of teenagers. It was it was really nice. It was it was Good. fantastic. Dog, dog didn't bark. Dave's, Not sure I'll ever do it again, but I did it once. Good for you. Dave said some some kid rang his doorbell and asked to use his bathroom. Did you hear that story? No, I, I assume Dave <laughs> let him. No, it was like it was a joke. The kid was joking around, but oh, I, I would like to know if he would have. Would you guys let some someone use your bathroom? I don't think I would. So we were walking around um, friends' neighborhood and. Uh, one of the um, the moms, the wives, uh, had to go to the bathroom, and obviously nowhere near their house. And <laughs> my buddy says to his, to his wife, "Just go ask them to use their bathroom. I'm sure they'll let you." And she's like, "There's no way I'm going to do it." Yeah. Instead, she peed behind someone's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's fantastic. exactly what she should do. I love it. That's I, great. I would 100% allow someone to use my bathroom. Yes, I would allow like a little kid. But anyone who's old enough to like really control their bladder, I'd be like, no, take a hike. 
I don't know. I don't have the. I'd want to say I, that. I don't think I'd have the guts to say that. When I was in high school, I uh, mowed some yards like a lot of high school kids do. And one time I was mowing somebody's yard and they were not home. And I had to use the restroom. I had to go to the neighbor's house and ask. <laughs> okay. Good for you. All right. I got a running back stat. Just thought this was kind of interesting. Running backs are averaging 4.1 yards per carry this season. Great that, transition. That is the lowest. <laughs> yeah. Here's another crappy stat. Uh, running backs are averaging 4.1 yards per carry this season, the lowest in six seasons. The previous five years, they averaged 4.4. 4.3, 4.4, 4.3, and 4.4 yards per carry. 4.1. It's pretty low compared to that. So, eh, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Because, uh, like I said, you know, Travis Etienne's 3.9 yards per carry is a number two running back in fantasy. There are a lot of running backs who aren't really getting it done on a per carry basis. So, what you're saying is that Travis Etienne's 3.9 yards per carry is basically like 4.2. Mm, yeah, sure. No, but he is below okay. league average. But I just thought, I had a lot of good run defenses this year. I don't know what that's all about. All right, news and notes. Will Levis is going to start tonight officially. Aiden O'Connell is going to start. Daniel Jones is going to start. Deshaun Watson was limited. They haven't ruled him out yet. Um, at running back, and I, I, I'm sorry, what's the latest on Stafford? He did not practice on Wednesday. Sean McVay, I believe, said that at the start of the week, they thought it was not as bad as originally anticipated from the MRI. So not a candidate for our. I think the layout, the the way you laid it out, I believe Wednesday makes the most sense. That he probably does not play this week. They have the bye next week, and they hope to get him back following the bye. Yeah, I mean, at least I feel confident that he'll be back following the bye. If they're talking about, I'm reading their update right now that they'll let him. They'll give him right up before the game to get healthy for this week. Um, running back Gus Edwards mispracticed with a toe injury. A lot of guys mispracticed on Wednesday. Um, Imar- Amari DiMarcato mispracticed. Damian Pierce mispracticed with an ankle injury. That one sounded more serious than Gus's. Yeah, I don't even think Devin Singletary is 50% rostered. So that was somebody I looked for in every league last night. Um, Pierce, uh, so if, if Pierce were out, Singletary against Tampa Bay, you think he'd crack your top 24? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Really? He's like, he wouldn't be ahead of Daryl Henderson or something like that? I mean, he's probably going to touch the ball 14 times and average three yards per carry, which is probably what Daryl Henderson's going to do. I would still prefer Henderson. I would imagine, though, that, um, you know, we see somebody else. They they haven't been a, a shy about using other players before. So, yeah. Mike Boone. All right. Jarek McKinnon mispracticed with a groin injury. I wish the Chiefs would go to Germany a little earlier. I feel like I feel like they're, the Dolphins are doing it right. And Raheem Mostert missed practice yesterday, but he's back at practice already this morning. They're, they're already out in Germany having fun, taking in the sights. It does kind of feel like the Dolphins are just going to roll the Chiefs on Sunday morning. <laughs> like, so, all seriousness. Really? The, the vibes around the two teams. That's, that's the way it feels. Wow. Oh, MVS is like, this sucks. I don't want to go, basically. That's yeah. all I saw. He said that? Well, he said it sucks. Yeah, he's like, we're right down the street from Arrowhead, and we have to fly nine hours for a home game. And I get it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of players feel that way. He's just he just said it. Uh, but he also said he understands why they're doing it. Got a lot of fans out there, and good for them to be able to see the, their favorite players. But yeah, but they're yeah, leaving it tomorrow. Like he loves it. I think they're leaving today, actually. Or no, I think they're leaving Friday. Uh, and the Dolphins are already there. Did you see uh, Mike McDaniel's joke that he made in the media? 
He I'm get, taller than. He's like, it's like I know what you're all. He gets in there. He's like, okay, I know what you're all thinking. I'm bigger in person. Is like, because hey, he's so small, and then nobody laughed, but I did. I love that. Dua, guy. Said, Dua said he loves it there. Really? Yeah. All right, Dolphins gonna. I'm gonna change my pick. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. Puka Nakua limited with a knee injury. Michael Wilson mispracticed. Curtis Samuel mispracticed. And I feel so stupid for not even bringing this up. Jahan Dotson has this big game. I, I feel like I didn't even even factor in that Curtis Samuel barely played. He played less than 20% of the snaps. So we'll see. And I'm sorry about that on the waiver wire show. It should have been brought up. Um, but he mispracticed. We'll see if he plays. And I do think that probably helps Dotson and everyone that's not Curtis Samuel. Uh, Darren Waller could miss weeks with his hamstring injury. Offensive line, Baltimore left tackle Ronnie Stanley mispracticed with a shoulder injury. New Orleans could be getting left tackle James Hurst back. I think he might play guard, though. I'm not sure, but that would be a, a nice addition for them. Miami activated, uh, well, opened up the window for activation for Teron Armstead, so he could be back anytime in the next 21 days, and they could get— I believe he made the trip. Yeah, I think so. He could get they could get center Connor Williams back this week as well. And the Giants, who were without both of their starting tackles last week, and they've been without Andrew Thomas since I think week two, they both might play this week at Las Vegas. Um in defensive news, I don't know if you saw the injury designation for Rasul Douglas. So he uh Buffalo cornerback, they just acquired him from the Packers. He was listed as a did, did not practice. The reason was just got here. he had like connecting flights or whatever so just got here for Rasul Douglas Cameron Hayward's gonna play tonight for the Steelers Miami safety Javon Holland is gonna play this week and they could get Xavier Howard back as well the Dolphins are going to crush the Chiefs and who who, by the way may not have Willie Gay this week they're starting linebacker for the Chiefs he missed practice they're already without Nick Nick Bolton. Bolton already on IR yeah Marcus Williams for the for the Ravens. He might play this week. He's missed a lot of time. Safety for them. Safety Jaquan Brisker for the Bears and linebacker Tremaine Edmonds Edmonds mispractice. Cleveland cornerback Greg Newsom mispractice and Carolina safety Von Bell practiced after missing three games. Those are your news and notes, and we'll update you again tomorrow. By the way, we have a live stream tonight at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Please join us, youtube.com slash today. One question for each game. Miami said Kansas City. If you could spend the afternoon with one of these two coaches, who would it be? Uh, wow, that's a good one. I would probably go Andy Reid. Yeah, you're going to have some some phenomenal barbecue if you're hanging out with Andy Reid. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Andy Reid. Yeah, I love that. I I love the uh, with those nuggies commercial. It's so good. It's so funny, isn't he? With those nuggies. Uh, but uh, a serious question: starter sit Rasheed Rice. I think you just treat him as you have been, number three receiver. He's he's a low end number three. Yeah, it's he's fine. I I wish they'd just make him a full time player. Probably won't happen until after the bye. But that's next week for them. Uh, Rasheed Rice or Jacoby Myers. Myers. Buffalo's at Cincinnati. What did your magic eight ball tell you about starting Gabe Davis this week? <laughs> uh, start him in three receiver leagues. In two <laughs> receiver leagues, it depends on who you have. <laughs> Hit repeat on everything we just said. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I'm probably starting him. That's yeah. a lot of words to fit on the on the magic eight ball triangle there. Yeah. It's actually... Uh, it probably just says, try again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ask, me, ask me again later. 
I actually have a lot to say about Gabe Davis um, when we get to this game, our stat of the game, our storyline of the game. But uh, over Rasheed Rice, Gabe Davis? Yeah. Yes. All right. I really, I really appreciate the fact that like you try to give some really in-depth analysis about Gabe Davis and yeah. predict on a weekly basis what he's going to do, whereas we just rank him like twenty-fifth every week and say the same thing. Yeah, well, I, I, what we saw last week from Gabe Davis, as as we've documented, was one of the most unique Gabe Davis games of his career. Uh, I don't know, it was like the third lowest route depth or a dot or whatever it was of any game with yeah, I think a dot of any game with five or more targets. Um, nothing over the top. And I'll tell you why that there's a chance that that might actually stick. Um, but we'll get to that later. Arizona at Cleveland. Is there any good fantasy starter in this game? Arizona at Cleveland. Um, good. Yeah. I think you could start both running backs for the Browns. And I think you could start Amari Cooper if Deshaun Watson plays. I mean, even if oh, Watson yeah. doesn't play, you, you know, you saw last week that he was still yeah. relevant again. Um, David Njoku has been great without Deshaun Watson. I don't know if that's the correlation, but three of his last four games, he's been the number one tight end. And then Arizona, no. I'm starting both tight ends. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, McBride. Yes, excuse me. This does feel like potentially the worst game for fantasy, though. There's not a slam. Uh, Let's see what happens tonight first before you make that (laughs) call. (laughs) We've got a game with Jaron Hall going up against Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke for, for Drake London and probably for Pitts. Is Drake London okay? I like think there so. was a report yeah. that Drake London's really working through things trying trying to trying to make sure that he can play. I don't I don't I think Minnesota's defense has kind of turned the corner a little bit too. Uh, oh, Jamie's got Drake London as a sit in his column. He did not practice yesterday, by the way, with the groin injury. Um all right. Next game is Seattle at Baltimore. Who's the best wide receiver in this game? Who's who's who should be started the highest? Yeah, who's your highest ranked wide receiver in Seattle at yeah, Baltimore? Please start phrasing it that way. Um, <laughs> okay, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. All right. Uh, Tampa Bay's at Houston. How much confidence do you have in the Houston passing game? Not as much as last week, so hopefully that's a good thing. <laughs> um, I would still start Nico Collins, and I would still start C.J. Stroud, and that's it. I. I am just kind of ignoring last week, and I may it may look dumb after this, but my it feels like they went into last week thinking we're coming off our bye. They really wanted to have this identity as a team that could run the ball, and they've been talking for a month about how we've almost figured it out. We're about ready to get the run game going, and they saw the Panthers on the schedule, and they thought this is when we get our run game going. So they ran it 34, 30 times and threw 24 passes, and it was a disaster. There's no way they go into a game with Tampa Bay thinking – we can run the ball against the Buccaneers. So I think we go back to that 35-plus pass attempts for C.J. Stroud. I'm starting Stroud. I'm starting Nico. And Tank Dell's a good number three for me. Okay. Washington is at I'm New starting England. Schultz, too. Washington's at New England. Who's a better flex, Jahan Dotson or Ramondre Stevenson? I'm going Ramondre. Ramondre. He's, he's a number two running back for me this week. By the way, something to keep an eye on. ESPN wrote uh, a... Uh, kind of an analysis of the commander's trades. And they said that maybe that some people view the Chase Young trade as addition by subtraction, um, Mm -hmm. kind of implying that he's a bit of a freelancer, got out of his lanes and was bad for their run defense. So I'm not saying the guy who's going to replace him is going to be better, but it was kind of an interesting angle on that, on, you know, maybe Chase Young wasn't exactly what we thought 
And I, I think the idea that he's definitely going to earn them a comp pick after this year, like we need to see him stay healthy till the end of the year first. Well, well, he's not going to earn them a comp pick now, but like that he would have, you mean? No, the 49ers. Oh, the 49ers. Like they, they, they were praised because they just gave up a third and they're going to need a third right back. Well, he's got some work to do before he gets a big contract. Uh, the Chargers are at the Jets. Any concern about the Chargers offense in this game? Concern over sitting someone? Yeah. The only one that I would consider sitting who's been a starter, depending on how you use him in your league, is Palmer. Yeah. He clearly was not right last week's game. You know, kudos to him for fighting through it, but uh, obviously something's going on there. And then you factor in the, the opponent. So I'm not shying away from Keenan Allen. I'm not shying away from Eckler. Um, and I do think that Donald Parham's a streamer if there is no Gerald Everett again. Brees Hall or Austin Eckler? I know they're both must-starts, but... Eckler, PPR, Hall, everything else. Yep. How about Brees Hall, the first running back in like 21 games or something to have more than 33 yards against the Giants receiving? At, I think, a 50-yard touchdown. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get into it. Miami is at Kansas City, and uh, that will be our start, and then we'll get to Cincinnati and Buffalo and more after that. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to it. Dolphins are at the Chiefs. So the Dolphins have a little bit of a tendency to fold against, not fold, but not compete so well with these elite teams. Buffalo and Philadelphia so far. Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites, but Heath, that's not the vibe you're getting, huh? No, and they were two-and-a-half-point favorites at the beginning of the week, I think. So I think this has come down. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we get to Sunday morning and it's less than a point, honestly. Um, it's gonna. I think it'll be a very, very close and hard-fought game. Your stat of the game, if you want, this is from cbs.de, and that is not, I don't think that's, there's no affiliation with uh, with you know cbssports.com. I don't I don't know what the hell it is. But if you want to order one beer in Germany, you show your thumb. For two beers, you show your first finger. So I think a lot of us, if we went there, would probably end up with two beers uh, more often than not, uh, unintentionally. But there you go. Kansas City's the second best defense in football in terms of points per game. Only Baltimore allows fewer points per game. The Chiefs give up the third fewest yards per play. Um, so they're terrific. Let's have a Raheem Mostert rankings dispute. As I saw it last night, Jamie has Raheem Mostert 14th, and Heath has him. Check again. Check again. Oh, what is it now? Check again. Check again. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Which Mostert. direction did he go? He is ninth. You know, it's funny you say this because I was updating my rankings at 3 a.m., okay. and I knew that Adam had already probably done his, his, <laughs> his notes. 
I, I, I honestly, I, I thought about that. I'm like, I bet he's going to get something wrong. I'm sure I'll get more wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, so Mostert's ninth for Jamie, but he's second for Heath. All right. So you guys are both going to start Raheem Mostert, but Heath, a ton of confidence in Mostert. Yeah, I I don't think the Chiefs' run defense is probably going to be very good because they're going to be focused on stopping Tua, and they don't have Nick Bolton, and I don't think they're going to have Willie Gay. And the last two games, they've given up at least 120 yards rushing to the Chargers and the Broncos. Javante Williams looked very good against them last week, even though the yards per carry weren't good. So I I think uh, I think he's gonna have a big day. It's a great it's a great point, and I. I the only concern I do have is did what we see last week, is that going to be a little bit more than the norm? The lack of work in the passing game, you know, with Wilson yeah. doing a little bit more and Savon Ahmed doing a little bit more. And if he loses that and does not score, are we going to be really frustrated with Remo? I don't think that's the case. And granted, they, you know, they were, you know, handling New England for the most part. So, you know, you figure more high level game, more high level touches for, for Remo. I'm not shying away from him, clearly. But that was my initial thought. So when you saw him at 14, that was like, oh, okay. Do we have a, maybe a problem on our hands here? I love this comment we have here from Jay Grizz. Watch how that, that Dolphins offense shrivels up and turns into pumpkins in the cold weather outdoors in Arrowhead. Uh, I just told you how to order beer in Germany, buddy. This game's not in oh, Arrowhead. What's the weather there? It might not be. I don't know, but it's not in Arrowhead. Um, I actually had a stat of the game about Raheem Mostert. in. Way the, to make fun of our audience, Adam. In the, I'm just having fun. Um in the passing game, he's had only two games, Raheem Mostert, where he's had really good passing or receiving numbers. Seven catches for 60 yards and a touchdown, <clears throat> a touchdown against Denver. Three catches for 36 yards at Buffalo. Those two teams are among the five worst in receiving yards allowed to running backs. The Chiefs are the second best. Now, linebackers have a lot to do with that, right? But <clears throat> Kansas City allows the second fewest receiving yards to running backs. But anyway, start him. Start Tua. Start Hill. Start Waddle. Are we cool with Waddle? Like, just... Not even a question. Not even a question. Not even a question. Yeah, this is a cool stat, actually. Um, over the last four weeks, he Jalen Waddell has the fourth highest target per route run rate among all players. And Tyreek Hill is, is number one. <laughs> so it's Hill. I don't remember who's two. And then I think it's Dalton Schultz, three. And Jalen Waddell, four targets per route run. Well- one other interesting thing to watch is nobody plays man coverage against the Dolphins for obvious reasons. You have to try to cover Tyreek and Waddle and man. The Chiefs generally play a lot of man coverage. So how that works out will be interesting too. I mean, I'm so interested in this. Uh, here are some of the receivers who have not reached 80 yards against the Chiefs. Amonra St. Brown, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Garrett Wilson, Jordan Addison, the Denver wide receivers twice, Keenan Allen. They are really, really good defensively, but you're going to start your Dolphins. Start Mahomes. How do you feel about Isaiah Pacheco this week, Jamie? Must start guy. I mean, you know, again, looking at the landscape of what the the position is, who's missing, um, how he's performed. Yeah, no questions. Okay. Um, and then Rasheed Rice we talked about. So I know I know you don't like uh, DK Metcalf, Heath. Would you start Rasheed Rice over DK Metcalf? DK. DK. All right. Rasheed Rice is a number three wide receiver. Would you start Rasheed Rice or, um, let's say, Daryl Henderson? Henderson. Probably Henderson, yeah. <sighs> Rasheed Rice is usually good for about 60 to 70 yards, I think. Uh, but he, about he had gone catches. three games in a row with at least uh, 11 PPR points. 
Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't even count last week when Mahomes was as right. bad as he was playing with the right. flu. And I also feel like maybe we're overrating Daryl Henderson, especially if he has a backup quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't want to turn this into the ba- Daryl Henderson thing, but he's splitting pretty evenly with Royce Freeman. I think Freeman's playing more on passing downs, even though he's not getting any targets. Freeman had the touchdown last week. I don't, I don't have any confidence in Daryl Henderson. I'd start Rice. I guess I don't either. I'd start Rice in PPR. Bam. You heard it here first, folks. And in half PPR. What? Okay, I think that's it for this game. Start wow, Travis I mean, Kelsey. Shock the world. <laughs> Buffalo's at Cincinnati. All right, here's what I find so interesting about this matchup, and it relates to Gabe Davis. The Bengals see the highest intended air yards per pass attempt defensively in the NFL. So opponents have the highest air, you know, a dot against Cincinnati, uh, which is I don't know why, but they do. Josh Allen is in a bit of a funk when it comes to throwing the ball downfield. Over his last three games, he's got this shoulder injury he's dealing with. He's 3 of 16 for 86 yards on pass attempts of 20 or more air yards. Cincinnati has actually allowed the second most completions of 20 or more air yards. So we always talk about Washington. Washington's like the gold standard for giving up deep balls. But apparently Cincinnati's not very good at this either. But, you know, usually that would make me excited about Gabe Davis. But last week he changed his game and I was watching an interview with him and Gabe Davis said, paraphrasing, he said that Buffalo had been talking about keeping things simple and that's what they did against Tampa Bay in week eight. He also said that they didn't huddle as much and they played faster. And one reporter said, you know, in the preseason or in training camp, they were talking about you, you know, being used more short area. Is that kind of what we saw? And he said, yes, it just kind of. Felt intentional last week. I don't know. What, Heath, what do you make of all that uh, about the, the, you know, the fact that the Bengals are susceptible to the deep ball, but the fact that the Bills haven't been doing that very well lately and actually benefited Gabe Davis last week? Yeah, I think uh, in a three-wide receiver, you start Gabe Davis. <laughs> in a two-wide receiver league, it just depends on who you have. <laughs> I think the one, the one thing that sort of stood out was, you know, and, and we talked about this a little bit going into the game, not so, really, not so much really about Davis, uh, but I did mention this in terms of Shakir. You know, they they're changing how their personnel grouping is because they ran a lot of two right. tight end sets, and now without Dawson Knox, it was clearly more eleven personnel. And so, what were we going to see that was different? Well, we saw a lot of things that were different. We saw Davis run different different routes. We saw Shakir more involved. Obviously, Dalton Kincaid getting different opportunities and different looks as well. And so, does that carry over to this week? The thing I think you look at this Bengals defense is, for the most part, they've been pretty good against boundary receivers. Not that that's going to change the way you've used Stephon Diggs by any stretch. But if Davis is getting all these chances, then you have to buy into starting him. You know, so if last week is a sign of things to come, he could be a superstar for fantasy managers. But yeah. if it just goes back to like what we saw, you know, you brought this up with George Pickens, for example, how Matt Canada went right back to having him run the same routes. If he goes back to running a lot of the same routes and Allen's shoulder is a problem, then we're going to have a Gabe it, Davis problem. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think you just have to hit the repeat button and just – treat Gabe Davis kind of the same way for at least one more week. If he's that involved again, then you just take your chances with him as a must-start receiver if he hasn't been already. And if he goes back to four targets and waiting on a big play, then he's just more of a boomer bust number three receiver. All right. If anybody has any questions, start or sit in the chat for this game. Fire away and I'll read them because I would like to know some of your Gabe Davis decisions out there. 
uh, or, or probably a lot of James Cook decisions. Yeah, he's been bad. Right. So let's talk about the uh, the running backs here. You, who do you like better, Cook or Mixon? Mixon? That's not even close. Yeah. Well, I ask, you know, just to kind of set up the discussion yeah. and frame how you guys like them. Uh, James Cook on the season is the number 17 running back in fantasy, but he's number 26 per game. And obviously he has a touchdown problem, but also lately he has a target problem. And it's a little hard to predict because uh, the, the, he's getting a lot of targets. The first five weeks he had three or more in in uh, four or five games. Last three weeks he has a combined four targets. So, yeah, Jamie uh, – sorry, I'll throw it back to you, Jamie, and then Heath. Um, James Cook, starter sit. I, again, you know, given the landscape of the position, you're starting him, but, you know, it, it's starting just – I think you have to understand – what he is at this point. And there's a big thing looming that may happen this weekend, which is Leonard Fournette getting activated. So if they activate him off the practice squad, I think that's further indictment, not just on him, but on Latavius Murray also, like they're trying to change some things up in this backfield. So if Cook's not involved in the passing game, the allure is, is almost gone because he's not going to score touchdowns and you're getting a lot of just empty stat lines. And that's what we've been dealing with the last few weeks. You know, so I'm, I'm souring on Cook quickly. And I do think that we could see a situation where if Fournette comes in and looks anything close to being fresh, he may be the best running back in Buffalo. Oof, wow. Okay. Yikes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm still, as you can see from the rankings here, a little bit more optimistic. I've got him ahead of the blob. Um, and it is, like, I understand. You You look at it just the last three games, on average, it looks pretty bad. You're also talking about a guy who's a top 18 running back for the season and just a week ago, not the past week, but the week before that, he scored 19 fantasy points. Yeah. Like, he he still has that type of upside on a weekly basis, and I think the Bengals are giving up five yards per carry this season to running backs. Um, I don't think it's that bad. It's it's not good, though. 4.8? I think it was five going 4. into last 4. week. 4.54 I have them at. Okay. Um, I could be wrong, though, because if it was five last week, there's no way it's down to that. 4. 4. All right, they're not a good run. They have had a bad run defense this year. Um. Okay. All right. So, so Heath likes Cook more than Jamie and Dave. Uh, would you guys start Gus Edwards against Seattle or James Cook? Uh, Cook and PBR. I'll go Cook in both, but it's much closer in none. All right. How about uh, Rashad White or James Cook? I kind of love Rashad White this week, so I would go Rashad White. I think in PPR, they're yeah. I'm going to go Cook. All right. Buffalo wide receivers start digs. Uh, have we talked about Gabe Davis yet? Any interest in uh, Khalil Shakir? What about Luke Musgrave? Was he playing? <laughs> he, he did. He did. Khalil Shakir, six catches for 92 yards on six targets last week. Uh, any interest in him? Deepest of leagues, you might want to stash him just to see right. if this is a sign of things to come. Because, again, Knox is out for at least the next three games, and who knows how much longer than that. And, you know, if this is going to be the Josh Allen offense, a lot of short passes, then he'll benefit. And, folks, guess who gives up the most fantasy points to tight ends? It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid is a must-start guy. Um, yeah, I don't even have to I don't even have to ask. Just just start him. I start Kelsey and Andrews over him. Would you start anyone else over Goddard? Anyone else over Kincaid? I still start Hawkinson over him. Oh, Hawkinson, right. I've got Kincaid third. Okay. And Hawkinson's, I guess, not a layup at this point with over Kincaid. But, all right, start Kincaid. Start Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon. We like him this week. 20 points last week. Scored a touchdown at San Francisco. We like him. Top 10 running back. Uh, I think, yeah, I've got him top 10. All right. Mixon or Mostert? I know for Heath it's Mostert. Jamie, Mixon or Mostert? Yep. Mixon. Mixon. 
Uh, a running back has had three or more catches in every game against the Bills. So hopefully Mixon can get some cheap fantasy points in the PPR department in the passing they've, game. They've just been bad since Milano went down. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really struggle. 4.8 yards per carry allowed to running backs for Buffalo and the fifth most receiving yards per game to running backs. Good matchup. Uh, Star Chase, T. Higgins or Gabe Davis? I have Higgins slightly ahead, but to me, they're kind of similar. You know, I mean, you're, you're the, the way I framed it in starts it is like, you, you know, there's going to be a breakout game coming for T. Higgins, and this could easily be that game. You know, I, I know Rasul Douglas coming is going to change what this secondary looks like, but they've been struggling, you know, for what it's worth. I know some of it was garbage time with Mike Evans, but they did give up two touchdowns to the receiving core in Tampa Bay last week. So would not surprise me if this is a Chase and Higgins game. Um, I just think as Joe Burrow gets healthy, you want to have T. Higgins in your lineup. Because those games are coming, and yeah. it could easily come this week. What was your take, Heath? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit less optimistic about the long. I think the, the full season outlook for T. Higgins. I think he's a number three wide receiver. Like he's behind Gabe Davis for me, but they are in a similar range. I don't know how much he's going to play. He, the last two games, he played 56 percent of the snaps and 67 percent of the snaps. So I don't know that he's a number. We're two wide receiver right now. You think it's Boyd? And there weren't many targets for Boyd last week, but things have gone a lot better for him than they have for Higgins. Well, I mean, Higgins had 69 yards last week. Uh, Boyd hasn't hasn't had that. He hasn't had more than 52 yards in any game. He does have a touchdown in two straight games, but Tyler Boyd is like, he's like a four for 50 kind of guy most weeks. You're hoping he scores. Um, but, uh, yeah, all right. Look, you know what? You might be dead. I don't know about you, but my lineups are in much worse shape this week than they were two weeks ago. when we had the six teams on by, <laughs> like I am, no, that's, that's next week for me next week for you. I am, I'm struggling yeah. this week. I mean, I, I bid heavily on Demario Douglas because I, you know, didn't want to start a player on a buy basically. So if Tyler Boyd might be a, a viable option for some people out there. I think you'll get 10 sure. points, uh, you know, uh, all right. Irv Smith, we're going to sit. And sit the DSTs, and we just went through those. Let's keep the let's keep the fun going with the best games of the week. Arizona is at Cleveland. Would you start Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson if they start this week? Why? Why do we think Kyler's playing? I just thought he hadn't been ruled out. I, I think but they kind of something changes. Okay, so. Would you start Deshaun? Watson? I don't know if you saw when you when you kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I didn't know if you saw something. Uh, no, I just thought that they hadn't officially ruled him out for the week because he's practicing in full. Yeah, I think they're just getting him ramped up for next week. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the, the update I saw on on October thirtieth. Coach Jonathan Gannon said Monday that Murray or Clayton Toon will be the starting quarterback. All the reports, I guess, have been that it'll be Toon, but. Uh, they could be singing a different tune by the end of the week. You never know. So anyway, uh, would you start to Sean Watson if uh, if he no. plays? All right, I would not. Yeah, no. You need you need to see it from him first. If, you know, if you're in quarterback hell, you just lock Cousins. You know, you've been starting Stafford in a 14 team league, and somebody dropped Watson for whatever reason. He's not a bad player to put on your bench just to see because there is still 20 point upside on a weekly basis, but. I mean, it was a struggle for him to get there when he was healthy, and now he's got the shoulder problem. So, you can't start him until you see it, even the matchup, even though the matchup is good. How much would Michael Wilson's 
availability because he missed practice Wednesday impact your Marquise Brown rankings, Heath? Very little. I don't want to start Marquise Brown. Please don't make me start Marquise Brown. Why would you have to start Marquise Brown? Would you start him over Tyler Boyd? I think I'd start him over Tyler he, Boyd. Yes. Yes. But I mean, like, you know, we're talking about, you know, he's he's closer to Rashi Rice than he is to Gabe Davis right now. I've I've got him, I think, back to back with Rice. And I, I think I mean Adam just told us he's got a he's got some struggles at wide receiver this week, Jamie. He's got yeah. he's gonna be starting start start the best. Yeah. I mean, look, when you when you draft as much Jerry Judy as I have, right? <laughs> um I, I've got I've got Demario Douglas over Marquise Brown. Yeah, same. Jahan Dotson over him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's a question from the chat. Trey McBride or Taysom Hill in non PPR? Hill. I would I would still go McBride, but it's close. Oh, why was Matt Weber booing my Clayton Toon joke? Singing a different tune. Come on, you do better. Come up, you come up with a better Clayton tune joke, Matt. What do you got, Adam? He's gonna tune you this out. This is the second time that you have gone after our audience. You need to change your tune. <laughs> uh, Matt's a loyal listener. We we email. We're cool. Um, okay, uh, loyal viewer, I guess I should say. Uh, what, how do you feel about Amari Di Mercado if he's able to play? He's seventy seven percent rostered. He had twenty one touches last week. He had seventeen touches the week before. Uh, Cleveland, yes, we think of them as a great defense. They are. They are 10th best against running backs, and they allow 4.3 yards per carry. But they're not an easy matchup. How do you feel about DeMarcado, Jamie? Um, DeMarcado, no. Uh, DeMarcado. Um, yeah, flex at best. I mean, you know, he's going to get work, which is good. And on a week where we're struggling for options, he could maybe get you seven or eight points. But I doubt he scores. I mean, you're talking about backup quarterback on the road, this offense could really be a, a, a problem. Okay. Heath, where do you have... Hold on, I'm going to make a Halloween joke. Oh, good. Good. Very timely. Because your jokes have been good so far. <laughs> I can't yeah. find the damn music. Is it this one? No. <laughs> Where's that Halloween music I had? Anyway, where do you rank Trey McBride of Frankenstein? He is. <laughs> that was awful. Um, I was really trying to think, like, what what's he going for here? He's a he's a low end start. Um, like I said, I'd start Taysom Hill over him, but only in non PPR. A top ten tight end. <laughs> it's the Browns' defense is, is very scary, and Clayton Tune might be an absolute zombie in the pocket, <laughs> but. He's probably still starting Trey McBride. Like, it's funny. I talked about last week, tight ends deep now. And I do think it kind of is, except five of the top 12 aren't playing this week. So <laughs> it seems a little less deep this week, or four of the top 12. Uh, yeah, McBride. I think the thing that you like is yeah. the the team, and yeah. hopefully Clayton Toon sings the same team, uh, theme, um, is they're number one in tight end targets in the NFL. And you wow. saw last week 14 targets from Dobbs, first game without Zach Ertz. And that was against Baltimore, which is a great team at defending tight ends too. So, yeah. you know, he's he's going to get volume, you would anticipate. And chasing the score, I think he'll be okay. Right. Uh, Baltimore was second best against tight ends going into last week. Cleveland is the best against tight ends. They allow the fewest fantasy points. The difference is Baltimore had faced really no good tight ends. Um, Cleveland's faced... 
Mark Andrews had a big game against them. 80 yards and two touchdowns. George Kittle had one catch for one yard. Um, so they've only faced two good tight ends. It's, uh, we have a question. Oh, sorry. Trey McBride or Dalton Schultz was a question. McBride. I think Schultz is going to be in trouble. I have Schultz just ahead of him. Trey McBride or Dallas Goddard? Goddard. I currently have McBride higher, but that's something I need to change. Any James Conner news, asks Mark. All I saw was that, you know, they said he's excited to get back when he gets back. Something like that. I saw the update on our site that that at least the headline said um, something like hopefully back for week 10 or potentially back for week 10. Okay. That's when he's eligible. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, who do you like best of this group? Charbonnet, DeMercado, or Alexander Madison? Madison. Still Madison. Okay. So let me ask you guys. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns now. We're going to sit the quarterbacks. Um, yeah, look, this matchup couldn't be much better for running backs. They give up the third most fantasy points. Uh, running backs had 19 or more carries in six straight games against Arizona, 17 or more carries in every game. Heath, do you think we'll get a running back on Cleveland for, with 17 or more carries? Because like I said, every single game that's happened against Arizona. I don't really. Um, I, I think it's definitely going to be a two-headed monster, and there's a possibility that Pierre Strong, like he won't be as involved as he was last week, but I don't think he's going to be a nothing either. And so... I, Listen, I was good that Jerome Ford was able to play through it, but it was still, even though it was a low grade one, it was still a high ankle spring. I don't feel confident that he's going to be 100% this week. I believe it was just a low ankle sprain, not a low grade ang- high ankle sprain. I, 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 okay. I, think he's, I think Heath might be right on this, but... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Um, I, again, I'll go back to, I, I think what we saw was showed up in practice on Friday, not part of the game plan. We'll work him in if we can. And that's what we saw. So I don't think Pierre Strong is taking his touches. I think Kareem Hunt is probably the safest bet, but I still think Ford has the most upside. So I think both guys have top 20 potential this week. All right, we got to talk about Jerome Ford or, let's do some Jerome Ford or, Jerome Ford or Ramondre Stevenson against Washington. Stevenson, but they're close for me. Ramondre. Jerome Ford or Brian Robinson at New England. I would start both Browns running backs over Robinson. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I have Robinson ahead. Jerome Ford or Zach Moss? Moss. Moss. Jerome Ford or Gabe Davis? Half PPR. There's more upside with Davis. Yeah. Amari Cooper or Gabe Davis? Uh, Davis. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at Amari Cooper's game log... If the Browns have like even a halfway competent passing game, he has a good game. It, you know, he had a bad game when they threw for 154 yards, when they threw for 121 yards, when they threw for 183 yards. If they can just get to 200 yards passing, he'll probably be good. But we can't guarantee that now, can we? So he's a number two, like two three. Yeah, he's like a high end number three wide receiver for you guys. Um, would you start uh, Amari Cooper or, or DK Metcalf? I would start Amari Cooper. Cooper. Would you start David Njoku or Cole Komet? David Njoku or Dalton Schultz? Uh, Njoku over both. I would go Schultz, Njoku, Komet. Question from the chat. Amari Cooper or Jordan Addison? Addison. I've got Cooper higher. 
if just- if we get to Saturday and they say rocket scientist Joshua Dobbs has learned the playbook and he will be starting for us, then I, then it would be Addison for me. I'm just afraid Jaron Hall could be really really bad. And the last one, uh, Jerome Ford or Rashad White. I know PJ Walker's been bad though. <laughs> he has been, yeah. Ford or White. White. Uh, White. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, Seattle is at Baltimore. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. All right, we're back here. And Seattle's at Baltimore. I feel like Schaefer's got something he wants to display. You want to throw that it's up? It's Tweet of the Day. Tweet of the so Day? It's a new, uh, new segment on the show. <laughs> tweet, tweet of the Day. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it, but it's me sitting in. Is that my the shirt I'm wearing today? Um, me sitting in a desk on outside with a sign that says "Bruno Mars is the king of rock and roll." Change my mind. There should be some Halloween candy on there, right? That's good stuff. Thank you, Hipster Doofus Twenty One, for your beautiful Photoshop work. Uh, Seattle at Baltimore. Starter sit, Geno Smith. Sit. Sit. Okay. How do you feel about Ken Walker? Are you nervous about Ken Walker this week? I mean, slightly by comparison to where he's been all season, but not enough that I'm setting him. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly just assuming that he wasn't 100% last week, and that was the, the whole reason why. It has been just a daily occurrence of Pete Carroll gushing over Zach Charbonnet, but we know when Pete Carroll does that, it doesn't necessarily mean more playing time. So I'm just assuming that Walker goes back to, you know, 70, 60, 70%. Yeah. And Baltimore actually, again, they're giving up 4.3 yards per carry to running backs, which is bad this year. And they're 16th against running backs. So they're not, I, I, I feel like they're probably better than that, but for whatever reason, they just haven't been, but they've only allowed two rushing and one receiving touchdown to running backs this year. I, yeah. Yeah, um, I, think- I don't think it's a coincidence that two of the best defenses in the NFL are okay with you running it for 4.3 yards per carry between the 20s. That's a pretty good plan. Yeah, I also think, I haven't looked this stat up, but I, there, there are only two running backs who have had more than 14 carries against Baltimore. I don't know how they rank in terms of running back carries allowed, but there have been only two. So, you know, they score a lot of points. Probably don't run that much against Baltimore. A lot of teams are throwing a lot on them. Let's see, there have been five quarterbacks who have thrown... 36 to 44 passes. Jared Goff threw 53 passes against Baltimore. So that's another thing to keep in mind. But how are you going to, you're not going to sit Ken Walker. All right. So, Jamie, you are higher on DK Metcalf. You have him as a low end number two. Uh, Heath has him around 30th overall. Update, update, update. Oh, crap. All right. What do you got? Where are you now on DK? Outside the top 24, inside top 30. 14 targets last week. I went back and I watched every one of them. And Gino, he just, they were not on the same page. Gino had a bad game last week. Um, a lot of inaccurate he, passes. He's had more bad games than good games this year. Yeah, the, yeah, and the turnovers have been bad for him lately too. But um, I don't know. I mean, the targets. The, is, are there any underlying signs that you guys like for DK Metcalf? Fourteen targets. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're giving him chances to succeed. It's just not happening. And so, I think you just have to, you know, sort of understand that it's hard to bench him clearly because you know what the upside is when he connects and, and when there's those targets connecting. Um, but you know, Tyler Lockett had less targets and was better. JSN scored touchdown in two straight games. They're running the ball very well, you know, and so their defense has been playing a lot better. I don't know if, you know, just DK's a, a slam dunk 
top 15, top 20 wide receiver. It's, it's, it's almost like Gabe Davis at this point, you know, just, you put him in your lineup and three receiver leagues and hope that he has a big game. Was his a dot still really high last week as well? Cause it's been like, it's about two yards higher than it was the year before. And the way Gino is struggling with accuracy. I, I wonder if you'd just rather be the guy who's getting the shorter targets from him. Gino made it. I don't know. Uh, the best play that Metcalf had was a beautiful throw, a deep ball for uh, 43 yards. He had four catches for 24 yards on his other 13 targets last week. And he had four end zone targets last week, too, and couldn't come down with any of them. So if I picked up Demario Douglas, am I starting him over any Seahawks wide receiver? Start him over Lockett or JSN? Over JSN, yes, I would. JSN's for sure. I've got Lockett and Douglas basically back-to-back. Yeah, the thing about JSN is when when Metcalf missed the game a couple weeks ago, JSN ran deeper routes, played on the outside, had a much better, more appealing role. He went right back to playing almost exclusively in the slot and running five-yard routes. He did score, but that's not the kind of stuff that really excites us. Um, Sit the tight ends, or sit the Seattle tight ends. Lamar Jackson is a must-start. Gus Edwards... All right, big difference in his ranking in PPR and non-PPR. He's 17th or so, and I don't even know what the rankings are anymore. Probably, <laughs> But he's a better start in non-PPR, obviously. Does anybody want to start this guy who's got two straight games with 21 or more PPR fantasy points? Gus Edwards, any takers? Yeah. I mean, look at the week. <laughs> you know, he, Low end number two. Right. He's, he's hard to bench. He's hard to trust. But you know that they're going to make he's he's their guy. He he is their running back. You know, so we thought maybe they'll make a trade at the make make a deal at the trade deadline. We thought maybe Justice Hill, maybe Keaton Mitchell, and that still might happen. Uh, I think Hill's interesting because of what the Seahawks allow on the pass at times. It hasn't exactly been consistent. And Hill's coming off a four catch game. So if you are desperate in PPR, he's not a bad flex. Uh deeper leagues, obviously. But I mean, look, Gus is a candidate for 15 plus carries. He's a candidate to work at the goal line. He's basically just become their de facto rusher, which has happened a lot of times in his career when somebody like J.K. Dobbins, for example, has been hurt. Would you start Gus Edwards or Deontay Foreman? Edwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jerome Ford. Uh, Edwards is probably safer just knowing that he's going to get touches. Yeah, I've got Gus, I think, two spots ahead of Ford. If if Ford got in a full practice, then I would have Ford ahead of Gus. Zay Flowers, half PPR. Zay. Any PPR, Zay. I would take a top 30 wide receiver probably. Over Gus. Uh, you like Zay Flowers? He's coming off his worst game of the season. 6.9 fantasy points at Arizona. I do, yeah. I, I think this is a game where they'll be throwing, and Lamar Jackson will lean on him. And so... um. I don't think the secondary is one to fear right now. It's interesting. It's it's so hard to judge them right now because like they they have looked good at times, but the last couple of weeks they faced PJ Walker and Josh Dobbs, and before that it was Joe Burrow not quite right, and then it was Daniel Jones or Terod Taylor. I can't remember which one. Like Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's a borderline number two. Eleven sacks that what? game. Eleven sacks. 11 sacks, yeah. They've actually faced... The, the Seahawks are giving up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They have faced some really good ones. Puka, St. Brown, uh, Thielen, um, Wandale Robinson, Jamar Chase, uh, Marquise Brown, Amari Cooper. They, they've, yeah, they've... Like everything else, they've gotten better the last few weeks. 
uh, start Mark Andrews and the Ravens DST uh, as of 2 a.m. last night was top four for everybody. I mean, just just keep in mind, you know, they did just get Leonard Williams. Yeah. So pass rush might be even better and run defense might be even better, too. You know, so that could be uh, that could be tough for Baltimore across the board. All right, Tampa Bay's at Houston. This is actually a pretty interesting game, I think, from a fantasy standpoint. Tampa Bay at Houston. These are two teams where, especially Houston. Houston, I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it was specifically with Nico Collins and CJ Stroud at this point. But he, I think, hesitant to say this, but I think you are higher on Chris Godwin, Nico Collins, and Dalton Schultz. I feel like you are higher on this game. Than Jamie, let's I, see. I may be higher on this game. And again, I, I kind of said it earlier in the show with the Texans. I'm pretty much just overlooking what happened last week. I think they came out of the bye with a bad plan against a bad run defense. And their run game is so bad, they can't run against bad run defenses. They certainly can't run against Tampa Bay. So I think we go back to C.J. Stroud throwing the ball more. I think Nico and Tank will both be fine and, and Schultz as well. And Jamie, I think you're a little more hesitant on everybody. Um, to a degree, you know, I, I think again, Nico is still a starting number two wide receiver. I'm concerned about Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz because we haven't seen them coexist and perform well at the same time. And so, you know, Noah Brown being back, that's a big part of it. Also, I know Robert Woods not being there should help those guys, but I don't think that they're both going to be successful. I'm going to lean more toward Dell than I am toward Schultz because of the matchup. I know Dalton Kincaid was awesome against them last week, but he's really the only tight end that's had success against him. And they faced a gauntlet of great tight ends this year. So their, their tight end defense for the most part has been fantastic. So Schultz is easy for me to sit. Dell is more of a, okay, if he's been a number three receiver for me, I'll still start him. I don't have him ranked that way. I have him ranked behind that because I do think we need to see a little bit more. And I think what you talked about in terms of teams trying to take away the deep ball from him, that's going to be a little bit more relevant when you're talking about rookie quarterback, rookie wide receiver. So I don't think he's a slam dunk. I just think that Stroud will be better than what we saw last week. Maybe not to that 20-point threshold. He still has that, though, in his holster, and hopefully that shows up this week against Tampa Bay. Who do you like better, Baker or Stroud? Stroud, but they're back-to-back for me. Stroud for me, and they're they're both top 12. Boy, over who? Because I know that, well, that means there's different not, things. Like, like you said, there's seven good quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would start both um, over Will Levis, for example. I'd, I'd start both over Jordan Love. I'd start both yep. over. I, I've, I've got both. I think I've got Minshew maybe one spot ahead of Baker, but I've got Stroud over Minshew. I have yeah. it. Minshew, Stroud, Baker, both or all three of those guys over Geno. Um, it's it's not a great week of quarterbacks. It's terrible. It's just terrible. Um, I have a lot to say about the Bucks. I want to finish up here with the uh, with the Texans. Um, and yeah, are are you? I'm surprised you weren't more optimistic about Devin Singletary, I guess, because I feel like he's having a decent year, uh, you know, in the limited opportunities he's got. He's been better than Pierce, for example. And if Pierce is, like, if Pierce plays, obviously not touching these guys, but if Pierce is out, if I'm in running back hell, I would be excited about Devin Singletary. As of last night, he was only 41% rostered. Relatively but, excited. The, they've given up one touchdown to a running back this season. And you think Mike Boone would, would be annoying? They would definitely use a second guy. I don't think it would be, you know, hey, uh, Khalil Herbert's out, no Roshan Johnson, let's go with Deontay Foreman for, you know, 28 touches, whatever. Um, 
I just think we'll we'll see somebody else. I think it's still a, it's more about the team. They're struggling to run the ball as a team. You know, it's not it's they've tried both guys, and so yes, he'll get touches. It's it's like Chuba Hubbard last week. Yeah, yeah. But Chuba Hubbard the week before against the Dolphins or two weeks, you know, they're they're by. Any any running back who's going to have that opportunity, I'd probably take over someone who's in a split backfield and isn't good. But I but you know, maybe he doesn't get the opportunity. I think Devin Singletary. I, would get. I just. Buddy. I think you have to remember how bad the Panthers have been against running backs this year. They're giving up still 5.07 yards per carry to running backs. And last week, Singletary and Damian Pierce combined for 23 carries for 81 yards against that defense. Yeah. Like they're just, they can't run the ball. Well, it, it would, it would center. be, look, it's certainly worth picking up Singletary if there is no Pierce. Whether you start him or not, it depend, depends on what you're looking at. Like I would, I would take him over DiMarcado, for example. Um, he would be in the same mix as, you know, you brought up Henderson, same mix as Henderson, same mix as the Browns guys, you know, that type of situation. You know, for me, it would be close to James Cook just because I don't think Cook's going to have a great game. So he'll, he'll get those chances. Hopefully he'll succeed. The bigger thing, though, is if he does succeed, he probably pushes Damian Pierce to the bench completely. By the way, you guys, to go back to Nico Collins, you're starting Dak Prescott over Nico, or sorry, over CJ Stroud? CJ Stroud. I would, yes. Uh, they are right in the same range. Like I've got Prescott one spot ahead of Stroud. Okay. And so basically, yeah, Jamie already talked. He doesn't like Dalton Schultz this week. Heath has him top seven. Um, we'll go over to the Buccaneers, and here's where this game could be decided. In the red zone. The Texans' defense is sixth in points per game. Unbelievable. But they're 18th in yards per play. This team has been the worst run defense in the NFL, basically, for like the last three seasons. This year, they've allowed one run longer than 20 yards. They're one of three teams, I believe, who have not allowed a 25-yard carry this season, the Houston Texans. Keep that in mind for Rashad White. But um, they, what they really do is they excel in the red zone. Seventh best, seventh lowest red zone conversion rate allowed. That means when you get in the red zone, how often does a team score a touchdown? Uh, seventh best in that category for Houston. And this is what D'Amico Ryans, their head coach, said. When it comes to the points per game, it's something that we pride ourselves on not allowing teams to get in the end zone. I think we've done a good job with that over the past couple of weeks. And it really comes down to executing and guys just being on the same page when it comes to communication. Everybody is where they're supposed to be. Everybody plays with great eye discipline. When you do that consistently, especially when it gets tight in the red zone, you're going to keep people out of the end zone. So they're great in the red zone, and guess what? The Buccaneers are not. They have the fifth lowest conversion rate on offense in the red zone. So that might be where it, where it boils down to, and uh, and we'll see. So I think, I think the nice thing for Rashad White is that, that that prevention of big plays that the Texans have doesn't really affect him. His longest carry this season is 15 yards. <laughs> um, he wasn't going to have a 25-yard carry anyway. He is a pass catcher and a pass catcher only right now for his fantasy yep. appeal. That is it. I mean, his his rushing totals are non-existent. His touchdown potential is non-existent. You're hoping for six-plus catches like he's had each of the last two weeks. 13 catches in the last two games. He's he's bizarro Gus Edwards. <laughs> yeah, correct. And the Texans struggle against pass catching running backs. They give up the seventh most receiving yards per game to running backs. So that, you know, that could benefit him. Um, yeah. All right, uh, so he's going to be a guy that you're starting over a lot of the like really crappy situations. In, in PPR. In PPR, yeah. Right. Um, would you start uh, Rashad White or Isaiah Pacheco in PPR? Still Pacheco. Pacheco. Rashad White or um, 
Nico Collins. Uh, I would go with Rashad White and PPR. I think there's more upside for Nico. I'll go with Nico. Starting to maybe see a little shift at wide receiver in, in terms of who's going to be the better one down the stretch. It's still Mike Evans. I get that. But encouraged more by Chris Godwin lately. Um, mm-hmm. He has 10 red zone targets this year. Mike Evans has five. Evans has a lot of end zone targets, but they're deep shots. But Godwin with 10 red zone targets. They finally connected in the end zone last week. Starter sit Chris Godwin. I know you guys, it's a, Evans a must start for you. Starter sit Chris Godwin, Heath. I'm starting Godwin, too. He's a number two wide receiver. I think I had him a little bit high probably when you look at the rankings. I had him around 15th, but he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver for him. I do like the increased involvement. It seems like he and Baker are finally at least getting on the same page. Jamie, where'd you move him to after I wrote that you had him 27th in my notes? I don't think I moved him very much, but I, I do need to move him up a couple spots. I don't know if he'll crack the top 24, but he'll probably be a spot or two higher. All right. I'm going to guess there's no interest in Kate Otten, even though the Texans are dreadful against tight ends. No interest? No interest. All right. All right. I think we have uh, two games left. you like a DST in that game, by the way? No, right? Not really, no. All right. Two games left. Let's go to Washington and New England. Stat of the game. Try to diagnose what is wrong with Ramondre Stevenson. Well, how about this? In their last five games, the Patriots have run between 51 and 56 plays in every game. That is so bad. For context, Denver is last in the NFL. They average 56.6 plays per game, and the Patriots have been below that five straight weeks. They have been at below 28 minutes of possession in all five games. You can't, it just stinks, right? And so that's why Ramondre is getting no carries. Um, let's do uh, Ramondre versus Brian Robinson. You both like Ramondre better, right? Yes. Yeah, and full PPO. Or I like I was I would I would also say though like that's not all that's wrong with Ramondre Stevenson. He's averaging three point two yards per carry and five point one yards per target. Like he needs it's he's he's basically Rashad White. He needs those five or six catches to be good. Yeah, but you look at the game like why is he getting so few carries? And I think the main reason is they're just not running enough plays. Um, and you know Zeke is a factor too, obviously. But right, I, I feel like Brian Robinson could bounce back here. If they can just be competitive, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, I think I think no, I think it's right. It's um, you almost Brian Robinson and Ramondre Stevenson almost both need the same thing. Mm, that I don't know. Right? See, I, I don't like, think Robinson. I don't think Stevenson. I mean, that that's Robinson kind of needs a touch. That. Right? Robinson needs a touchdown, and Stevenson needs catches or a touchdown. Yeah. Stevenson, yeah. Stevenson needs Stevenson needs the commanders to score enough points for the, where he gets the targets. I think feel, I feel He's like Stevenson, Stevenson has two outs every week. He could score a touchdown or he could catch the passes. Robinson has, has one out. Well, I mean, I, the, the, one of the reasons I like Stevenson this week is, you know, we're, we're hoping that DeMario Douglas takes a step forward. They're down two receivers. You know, they just lost Kendrick Bourne. Devontae Parker's in the concussion protocol. They're basically asking two unproven guys because Tyquan Thornton's not going to have to play a big role. I mean, Juju might be a sleeper this week for all we know, you know, just based on yeah. how much opportunity he may get. I would lean toward Douglas, and I think part of the reason why you can maybe take a shot on Thornton, certainly in DFS, you talked about this earlier, Adam, how bad Washington's been against the deep ball. So Mac Jones is very interesting this week because the commanders mm-hmm. have just been bad against quarterbacks. Um, I said it yesterday. I, I probably look foolish, and, and we'll find out tonight that I would start Mac Jones over – Will Levis, you know, coming off the game that Levis just had and how Mac I would too. performed the season. But 
um, Bill will go down together. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think there's just an opportunity here. And this is, I, for me at least, this is what I was kind of waiting to see was feature some of these younger guys, you know, especially as their season started to go the wrong direction. But in terms of Stevenson, yeah. Mac Jones trusts him. And when he throws him the ball, he's typically been successful with it. So I think there's a chance for him to still be very involved in the passing game, score ahead, score behind. You know, I, I don't think that really changes things for, for this particular game. So I like Stevenson probably more so than I should. Uh, we have a question from Dylan. Would you start Jahan Dotson or Demario Douglas? Again, probably wrong for saying this, but I'd go with Douglas. I'm going with Douglas. What do you make of the fact that the commanders really struggle against the deep ball and Douglas does not do that? Does that matter to you? I think he's going to do different things this week. You know, we're, we're, we'll find out. You know, again, that's why Taekwon Thornton is very interesting. He, he's such a short area guy. I mean, he's just a slot guy. I don't think he's going to be running like vertical routes on the outside. But it, it could be a, a vertical route in the seam. You know, I mean, the, there be. are different ways to, you know, get him involved. And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a deep play. They just lost their two pass rushers. I mean, Mac Jones may have plenty of time to sit back there and throw if these guys replacing, you know, Young and Sweat are not going to get to him. And it's not like they were getting to the quarterback that much anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. And he does have two or three games. Like, he's been on limited targets, so it's basically just one one or two targets that went deep. But he's got, got three games with an dot of 11.9 or higher and two with an dot of 14.5 or higher. So I, they have taken some shots with Douglas. Okay. He's got one of the lower route depths uh, in the NFL, but yeah, okay. Right. Good. Yeah, most uh, of the time he doesn't field. do that, but he, he has occasionally. Uh, so, and, so, and, yeah, go well, ahead, just go. real quick, yeah. while we're on the receivers, the, there's a guy that's missing that's been very involved the last month in Kendrick Bourne. And yeah. unless they're changing their offense, somebody's going to have to step up and assume that that responsibility. Um, okay, so who who's an easy start in this game? Just McLaurin? I still think I like I would put Ramondre as an easy start, but I don't think he's a great start. So I'm, I would say McLaurin is the, is a great start. Yes, I'm like I'm starting Sam Howell unless I have one of the great quarterbacks. I'm starting Logan Thomas. The Patriots haven't been a great tight end defense like they historically have been this year. Um, I'm starting Ramondre. All right, and hold Terry. on, Heath. So Howell and Thomas. Versus Stroud and Schultz. What do you think? Howell over Stroud. And I think I have Thomas over Schultz. Yeah, I would take the commanders too. Uh, I, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm very intrigued by the Patriots DST because they have not been good. And Sam Howell just faced the Eagles and was sacked a season low one time. Right. But we know what that's been for him this year. And they may get to him finally. You know, they may get some pressure on the quarterback. So, I think the Patriots DSTs in play. Where did you end up? Where did you end up in the rankings with Douglas and Dotson? Douglas is like 33, I believe, and Dotson's like around 36. As of right now, Douglas is 34 and Dotson is 40. Are you planning are you ranking Dotson as if Curtis Samuel was playing? No. Uh yes, I'm ranking him as if Samuel's not playing. Not playing, not playing. Okay. Uh, anything else from this game? Like Sam Howell, yeah, Sam Howell, top ten quarterback this week for you guys. So, and it's just it's just a terrible week. But you're not starting him over Derek Carr. You're he Jamie isn't he is starting Howell over Derek Carr. Um, Howell or Minshew? Howell. Oh, 
Oh, all right, cool. I think that's it for this game. I'll do Logan Thomas or Trey McBride. McBride. Uh, I think I have Thomas one spot higher. Pickens or Dotson from Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob. Pickens. Let me just say something. Michigan football is, I mean, that is like, they cheated so bad. I don't get it. They just had this guy. I don't go understand. To You're not allowed to get to send people to games to scout. And he did. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Over and over and over and over like again. Every foot, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's fine. Change the rule. Well, I, my guess is it would just give the teams with the, with more money and more resources a, a big advantage. Well, th- well, that's that's not something that we can stand for. I mean, but they, they see all this stuff. <laughs> they see all this stuff on tape anyway. Like, what? What are they? I think I, it, signs. I don't. know. But then, then like, there's this guy is on the sideline, he's standing next to the defensive coordinator when the teams when the opponents offense. Yeah, that offense. one was bad. And then next you know what to it sounds offense. like? It sounds like everybody probably does stuff like this, and this guy was just better at it than everybody else. But and now he he's being punished in, for it in plain sight. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. Like, this is such a liar. It's unbelievable. Like, such bad cheating. All right, one more game here. Chargers at the Jets. Uh, it's Justin Herbert's top seven. Uh, you know, you go into this game, you start your Chargers, but you, you w- hope that they come through because the Jets are really good, obviously, defensively. They're really, really good. You start Eckler. Um, the Jets do allow the six most receiving yards per game to running backs, but they have allowed, now it's 17 games dating back to last year, so it's like a full season. The Jets have allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs. Start Keenan Allen, and then you guys want to avoid Palmer and Quinton Johnston? I do. I, I do think that if you have a roster spot to play with, we're going to find out the injury report today for that game because it's Thursday and they play Monday, that if Palmer is not practicing, you pick up Johnston, and then you see what happens in this game. It's obviously not going to be an easy matchup. You know, the Jets, as you said, they're very good. But six targets, five for 50, did some different things. We know second half of the season when rookies start to take off. So hopefully, 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 another injury would help Johnston, you know, start to play well. You know, we thought, oh, Mike Williams is out. He's going to be great. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Palmer and Mike Williams out, then maybe Johnston has a chance to be something. So just keep an eye on it. All right. You know what? The tight ends are kind of interesting here because Donald Parham, I believe on the broadcast they showed, I could be wrong about this, that Donald Parham has the highest touchdown rate of like anyone in the NFL in terms of his targets or catches, whatever it is, that end up in yep. touchdowns. All he does is catch touchdowns. Uh, six of four. 40- he did some different things, though, without Everett there. Yep. He had four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. That's pretty good. Uh, he has 11 touchdowns on 78 targets in his career. Everett practiced at the end of last week. They didn't have a practice yet this week, so I feel like there's a chance he comes back, but uh, a roundabout way of asking, do you have any interest in a Chargers tight end this week? I would love Parham if there is no Everett, and I would have moderate interest in Everett if he practices and is on target to play, especially if Palmer does not play. Okay. Uh, Brees, it's funny, the Jets are so bad, but offensively, but they have two players who are a clear cut, absolute, no doubt about it starts this week. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Every week. Garrett Wilson's top 13 in both formats. Yeah. I mean, the only problem with Garrett Wilson is he has two touchdowns. He has five straight games without a touchdown. You think about the touchdowns he scored, like, uh, kind of fluky, right? But Zach Wilson. No, playing defense on offense is not fluky at all. Come on. What'd you say? When you play defense on offense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Zach Wilson's thrown five touchdown passes in seven games. Um, but the Chargers allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Which DST 
do you prefer in this game? The one facing Zach Wilson. I knew you were going to say that. What about the one that's actually good, though? It's not like Herbert's been turned the ball over a lot, though, lately. No, they're t- they have, they give up the second fewest points to DSTs, the Chargers. So I have the Chargers? Jets one spot higher, but they're, uh, they're both starts. Let's have a five-minute rankings dispute on that. Can we show the tweet again? <laughs> <laughs> is that a meme? Is that a, is that a thing that changed my mind? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about anything. I think I watched three innings of the World Can we series. make that a soundbite? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, boy. It's been a crazy week, man. A lot of yelling about candy in the house. I don't know if that's happening for, for Jamie. I, Jamie's got younger kids. Yesterday, I had to throw out candy. I was like, if you do that again, I'm throwing your candy away. And Andrew did whatever he was doing again. And I was like, watch this. And I threw candy in the garbage and he lost it. It's been a, it's been a, a crazy. Happy Halloween. You know how much candy gets thrown out? It's unbelievable, right? Like you could feed a, a country with all the, with all the uh, candy that's getting thrown out this week. You know, you could donate it. Who are you going to do? Like, what are you going to donate Skittle, like candy to people? I'm I, I Could you donate? Does anybody actually do that? It's not like healthy stuff. It's not like you want to. Give people this it's, candy. It's not nourishment. It's not nourishment. That's here. right. But like, if you tell me how I, to donate it, I will donate it tomorrow. Because I'm going to. I'm sure out. if you go to any local um, religious center, mm-hmm. they probably will take it. I would imagine if you go to any homeless shelter, they probably will take it. Oh yeah, I mean, I I guess. But no, who does that? Do you do that? Do we I, donate candy? Yeah. We donate food. Uh, I donate there was, food. Uh, I think during COVID, I think I made 100 turkey sandwiches for a church in Boca. Oh, that's so and, nice. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, you walked in the kitchen and there was just bread everywhere because we had it like, you know, stations. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, I, I mean, I, I donate to food banks, but I, I don't know about candy. Yeah, I, I, give I, me some candy. Okay. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you tonight on the live stream. See you.